As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. An injury update-filled episode to get ready for the weekend on Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15, Friday, November 6th. Week 9 is here, already underway with the Packers and 49ers kicking things off for us on Thursday night. 13 more games and way too many injuries for us to talk about here. Michael Beller joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. Happy Friday, my man, what's going on? Happy Friday indeed. Glad we're approaching another weekend. Me too, and I'm glad that we get to start this off with some good news. This is going to be a very Injury update filled episode, as I said, to kick things off here. So let's just start with three pieces of good news that don't really require any analysis. Number one, Alvin Kamara, full practice on Thursday. He will be out there for the Saints on Sunday night against the Buccaneers. Number two, Christian McCaffrey, as of this recording, still not given the official thumbs up. Good to go, but he is looking good, according to Matt Rule. So we should be getting Christian McCaffrey back in our lineups in week nine. And Ezekiel Elliott, Limited in practice on Thursday because of that hamstring injury that we talked about on Wednesday's episode, but Mike McCarthy insisting, no worries here, Zeke will be out there for the Cowboys. I guess a lot of worries in Dallas, but at least none related directly to Ezekiel Elliott's health and availability for this Week 9 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next up, a rookie running back who maybe hopes to one day be mentioned in the conversation with Kamara McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott. That is Jonathan Taylor. He has an ankle injury but got a full practice in on Thursday, so he's going to play. There's no question about that, Derek. But do you trust him? After what we saw last week, 11 carries, 22 yards. Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. For certain, Jordan Wilkins is going to be part of the game plan in some way. Naeem Hines, of course, holding down that pass-catching role for Indy. Do you have enough confidence in Jonathan Taylor to roll him out there this week? I think I do. I mean, if I'm playing two running backs and a flex, there's probably a pretty short list of situations where I'm flush with three running backs that I definitely like better and I think with Taylor this is one of the worst times to be on the bandwagon which means it's a great time to trade for him this is a difficult matchup against the Ravens to be clear but if you have that many carries to give to Jordan Wilkins it's hard to believe that you wouldn't at least consider increasing the workload of Taylor if he's more effective this time around it's a dud against the Lions to be clear especially coming off the bye week 
You know, like that looked like a great opportunity for Taylor to really take over this backfield. But I think the floor is still 15 touches behind a good offensive line. And he's probably more TD dependent than he should be right now. Uh, but I actually like Taylor the most in this backfield by a wide margin talent-wise. I think what we saw last week was the result, that ankle injury. I know there's some frustration with Frank Reich. He insisted that he didn't know that the injury was an issue during the game last week, so it doesn't fully explain why Taylor was so ineffective or still got the ball 11 times if he was hurt. All that being said, I think he can bounce back even in this tough matchup, and I love the schedule beyond this week. That's why I think the trading for Jonathan Taylor approach is a good idea because you get the Titans, the Packers, the Titans again, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Texans again. Nice schedule, NFL. Um, teams that have been <laughs> bad against running backs, like very generous to opposing running backs. So the schedule gets very easy after this tough matchup for Jonathan Taylor in Week 9. Yeah, and you've probably got people willing to sell, both after what he has done to this point of the season, uh, especially considering the hopes everyone had for him after the Marlon Mack injury, and the fact that he's staring down a very tough matchup against the Ravens this week. So uh, if you've got a window of 48 hours here, if your league allows just basically automatic uh, trades once they have been agreed to, Maybe take a look and try to get Jonathan Taylor because the schedule can be softening up and it's just very hard to imagine him uh, totally receding uh, into the darkness in this offense, uh, no matter how things have unfolded for him to this point of his rookie season. A couple of big-time wide receivers who will be keeping our eye on uh, over the next 48 hours or so. Chris Godwin, limited in Thursday's practice because of his fractured finger. Calvin Ridley, limited because of his sprained foot. Uh, Ridley, you have You've at least got a, a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff for the Falcons this week. Godwin, however, Sunday night, so you might be flying blind when you're deciding to make your decision on Chris Godwin. That also goes for Michael Thomas, who Chris Godwin, if he is fit, if he is active, will be going up against with Michael Thomas and the Saints getting together with the Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Michael Thomas was limited in practice because of his hamstring and ankle injuries that have kept him out uh, for basically the entire season. Uh, let's, I guess, you know, I, I really had this written up for Michael Thomas, but I suppose it applies to Chris Godwin as well, given how great these two guys are. If we don't have word, if we're waiting until, you know, 6 p.m. Uh, on Sunday night to get the inactives and see if these guys are in there or not, are you willing to wait it out for them? And who are some backups, some insurance options that we could turn to available on the waiver wire if you are going to wait it out and then they ultimately don't go for you? You know, I think because the Jets-Patriots matchup is the Monday night game, you have more options than usual available mm -hmm. on the wire who will actually get targets in the Monday night game. If you have Thomas or if you have Godwin and they end up getting scratched, you, you could obviously look within those two offenses to find your replacement. But even someone like Scotty Miller, I feel like, is scooped up in a lot of leagues already, so you can't turn to him as a fallback. Traquan Smith has been rostered for a few weeks now, so... I do think you're stuck looking at Jacoby Myers. Maybe Denzel Mims is still out there in some leagues. Hopefully we have some news on Jamison Crowder before the weekend, too. That way we know if he's going to be out there or if you can dig a bit deeper to you know, the Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios range. And um, more, more or less, it's, it's that it seems like, especially in the case of Thomas, he's trending closer to playing. So I have a lot of optimism that this is going to be the week. Uh, but with Godwin, that one to me feels more like a true game time decision where it's like, yep, we've got to test out the finger, see how things feel the night of, and they'll make that call 
90 minutes before the game starts. Like, I, I think that's that's where that one appears to be heading at this point. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it, just because, it, right? I mean, why wouldn't you give him the 48 more hours or the 24 more hours instead of ruling him out? And then let's see what it feels like to catch a pass. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, every minute counts when you're healing from an injury like this. So uh, the way he feels on Friday could be a whole lot different from the way he feels on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, right? Uh, the, the Patriots and Jets, two horrible fantasy teams. But it really does play to your advantage because there's so many of those guys available. I mean, and with as good as these guys are, and I agree with you, I think we'll know about Thomas. I think Godwin is the one who's probably the bigger risk of being a game time decision. Uh, but with him being as good as he is, like I want to wait it out. If I have the ability to do it, even if it means starting Jacoby Myers, even if it means you know starting the newly acquired Isaiah Fort for the uh, New England Patriots, there's just I want to get out there and play my best players if I have the opportunity to do so. So I do have Chris Godwin on a very important team to me, and I'm going to be holding on to hope. I'm going to be holding out hope that he does go on Sunday, unless, of course, we hear beforehand that he doesn't. Uh, I would have to be pretty flush at wide receiver uh, to not want to roll the dice on Godwin if I can play someone like Jacoby Myers, if I can play someone like Denzel Bims. I would rather take the chance on Godwin and hope he goes and then fall back to one of those guys rather than, you know, throw in, you know, someone who like LaVisca Chenault, for example. I would rather take the shot on Godwin being available to me. Hopefully we don't have to worry about it. Hopefully we get good news on him before then, but that's the situation we find ourselves in as both Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin managers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's keep it at the wide receiver position here. Derek Sterling Shepard was limited in practice on Thursday. He has both shoulder and toe issues that he is working his way through. Uh, the toe was earlier in the season, still there, but he's been able to play through it the last couple of weeks. The shoulder is a new thing, but hopefully not something that keeps him out. We're going to assume for the sake of this discussion that he is in. I'm going to ask and answer my own question. The question, is he the Giants' number one receiver? The answer to me is yes. I mean, they have treated him like that over the last couple of weeks, and they basically treat him like that whenever he's healthy. I, I really like Sterling Shepard, assuming he's able to go in this one. Yeah, I think based on usage, he is their number one. I, I think the question really comes down to how many pass catchers do you trust Daniel Jones to sustain week in and week out beyond Shepard? I mean, I think Darius Slayton has at least flashed the skills of a potential uh, number one in this offense, Evan Ingram, frequently gets his share at the tight end position. Uh, I think the answer is probably three most weeks. And I think Shepard is the guy that I'd be starting with the most confidence right now. Uh, is anybody in this offense going to rise above 
like mid-range wide receiver two status between now and into the season, though, if everybody remains healthy? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. I, I really don't think so. But I don't think you really need them to to uh, feel good about having them in your fantasy lineups. And you just look at what Sterling Shepard uh, has done the last couple of weeks here: uh, eighteen targets, fourteen catches. Uh, 133 yards and one touchdown. And you know you're happy with that. I mean, that's basically the Sterling Shepard line, seven for 65, and hopefully he gets in the end zone. And that's definitely a line you can live with. And if you're comparing him against Darius Slayton for this game, I think he is definitely the better play. Uh, Take aside the fact that he just feels like the guy who's going to be most targeted in general. You're talking about a Giants team that is going to have to deal with a very tough Washington pass rush. You have a line that maybe can't stand up to that challenge. You have a quarterback who has proven to us over his year and a half in the league and Daniel Jones that he is not the best at sensing pressure, that he's not the best at evading pressure. And who does that line up for, right? That line's up for Sterling Shepard. Short routes, intermediate routes, quick routes, uh, get the ball out of Daniel Jones' hand. That doesn't line up for a guy like Darius Slayton who needs some time to develop his routes deep down the field. So well, we'll be keeping an eye on the Sterling Shepard news, but if he plays, I think he is an easy play in fantasy. Like him a little bit in DFS as well. How about his teammate, uh, Devontae Freeman? He was also limited in practice. That is actually good news for Devontae Freeman given the fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday and he didn't practice at all. Last week, he still has the ankle injury. We know this is a tough matchup with Washington. How viable is the starting running back for the Giants, no matter who it is, if it's Freeman, assuming he goes, or if it's Wayne Gallman starting in place of Freeman once again? It just all hinges on clarity in the backfield. I mean, if it's Freeman pushing 20 touches, then he's at least a flex option, even though he's not efficient. We're seeing more of the same from him this season. 3.2 yards per carry. Lowest of his career after he dropped a 3.6 yards per carry last year during his final season with the Falcons. I don't think Wayne Gallman's much better than that. I don't think the Giants think Wayne Gallman's much better than that because if they did, they wouldn't have brought Devonta Freeman in the first place. So I don't like this backfield at all because it's a pure volume grab. Like there's very little ceiling. There's very little to get excited about. We have not seen Devonta Freeman rip off a carry for 20 plus yards yet. He's had 54 carries this season, so there's just no big playability there anymore. It's it's really underwhelming. It really is, and I mean that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the story of the last couple of years of Devontae Freeman's career. I guess the thing you like is that the volume probably will be there so long as it's just one of them, right? The last couple of weeks, uh, in week seven, we saw Wayne Gallman get 10 carries and five targets. Last week against the Buccaneers, we saw him get 12 carries and one target. He has scored touchdowns in both of those games, short yardage touchdowns. So, so long as they're comfortable going with one guy, you feel decent enough about the volume being there. And that's the name of the game at the running back position. Uh, if you're just looking at you know, running backs one through 30 or something like that. And you consider all the injuries we have at the position. You look at the teams that are on by this week. No Joe Mixon, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. He, you know, was injured before this. No Miles Sanders also injured before this. The Rams guys all off the board. Like, there's no way. You say what you will about Devontae Freeman. Say what you will about Wayne Gallman. But if it's one of them handling everything or the majority 
of everything out of the Giants' backfield, that guy's probably a top 24 running back if we're being realistic about it. So you're not going to love it. It's not going to be game-breaking. Whoever it is isn't going to carry you to a fantasy victory. But if Freeman is out or if Freeman is the clear starter, either way, whoever is starting for the Giants, whoever's handling the majority of the touches, is probably someone that you feel decent enough about getting at least into a flex spot this week. Uh, so that's where we stand with the Giants' backfield. One more backfield to take a look at here. No practice again for Matt Breida on Thursday. His fantasy, it just sums up Matt Breida perfectly, right? We got we were able to be excited about him for like 36 hours, and then he missed two practices, and boop, there goes Matt Breida. Patrick Laird did practice in full. Do you have any? I, I like Breida. If he plays, I feel pretty good about Matt Breida. But if he doesn't, I don't really want any piece of this Dolphins backfield. Are you different on either sides of that decision? No, I, I do like Brita as a viable fill-in if he's able to go. And I think Laird, it would have to be full PPR, like a 14-team league. And injuries stacked with bye weeks for me to be even getting near throwing him into a lineup. I mean, it's it's not pretty. 2.7 yards per carry last year. Uh, most of what he's going to do is contribute as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And it's mostly just value from simply catching the ball, not being explosive or or providing that sort of ceiling that you would like to have in a future back. At least with Brita, you have some of that big playability. Yeah, that's exactly why I like Brita because we know we've seen it from him, right? We've seen him turn 15 touches into 115 yards and two touchdowns. Like that is going to be a possibility for Matt Brita for sure. And he's really the only guy and you combine that with everything else in Miami and just not a situation I want to get involved with unless Matt Brita is that guy. We are so happy to have been your guys on Fantasy Football in 15 for this episode, for this whole week, for this entire season. Uh, we are going to wrap things up here for this episode and for the week. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, go out there, get yourself a subscription, just $1 a week, athletic.com slash football in 15 to get that $1 a week deal. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. We will be right back here with you on Monday and all week next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and enjoy all of the Week 9 games. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.